Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Viv Runback. Uh, you know, the weekly IT video that we try to bring every week. Not possible, but the first of the year. Uh, basically, we bring experts from the wide world of, techno of technology uh, to talk about doesn't matter if it's the US, Python, Azure, whatever topic you prefer. It's kind of kind of like a show and tell uh, for tech geeks who basically want to learn something new. So uh, tonight we are going to have uh, a presentation about diving deep on CICD. And in this case, we are going to have Johannes Koch with us. Uh, continue with this. We basically uh, work with him today. So Johannes Koch, uh, as you can see there, it has uh, their Twitter handle, Lockhead, Lockhead, which is in fact your surname. Uh, you can follow me at Dan Gaiden. You can follow him at Lockhart. Uh, but if you want to just get in touch with us within this session, uh, you can follow the hashtag, uh, hashtag VivRunback. We try to do these shows on EMEA uh, every Tuesday. As I said, nothing that I was able to do uh, for a couple of months, but always on Tuesday, 7 p.m. British summertime, which is 8 p.m. UTC plus two right now, which, because we are on May. Uh, you can also use our at bbrownback for all the uh, accounts that we have. Uh, and I think without further ado, uh, I will just pass everything to Johannes, which should bring us a lot of goodies about CICD stuff with AWS Code Catalyst. And the stage is yours. Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. And I hope that we're going to make this as entertaining as possible for anyone watching. Um, so I will count on you on challenging me on some of the stuff that I'm going to present. And at the end, I hope that uh, everyone listening learns something um, and uh, grows a little bit um, as part of this session. Um, absolutely. If you do, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, then. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, if you do learn something, let us know what you learned. And if you do not learn something, then tell us why you didn't. Um, so uh, maybe we can do this a little bit better next time. So what I'm going to talk to you about today is um, a topic that is very close to what I do on a regular basis. Um, it's um, about uh, getting software engineers and software teams thinking about why CICD is the first thing that you do in a new software project or in any software project that you actually work with. Before going into details on the topic, I'm going to add some more details around who I am. Um, so who are you listening to um, today? Um, I am. Um, Johannes Lockett Koch. Lockett is actually my nickname, uh, which I've been using since I was like 16. Um, and yeah, I love building the building things uh, with using any kind of technologies, uh, using Java, TypeScript, or also Angular, Python. And lately, I've been doing a lot of stuff with Flutter as well. Uh, and that is obviously um, since a few years, everything that I want to do and that I'm working on is on AWS. Um, I really think that uh, doing CI CD and automating everything that you need to bring your stuff to production is really the key for um, agility and, and the key for making um, organizations successful and to keep up the pace with the big five, um, which uh, we all know um, are doing a tremendous job in pushing out millions of releases per day. 
Um, I'm also an AWS Community Builder, and the AWS Community Builders program is a program that is open for everyone to apply. Uh, you can apply twice per year. Uh, the next um, applications are going to open up in July, and this gives you a lot of possibilities to uh, get in touch with cool people um, and also grow up your own personal career. Um, I also uh, am a user group leader uh, for an AWS local meetup that we have here in Germany. And um, yeah, I'm trying to run a YouTube channel, uh, which I'm not actively um, following every week, as Dan said, right? There's real life be be besides all of the stuff that we do. Um, and I have two kids as well, uh, which takes a bit, big bunch of my time as well. If you want to mm -hmm. connect, um, LinkedIn is over there. Um, just uh, reach out to me. That's kind of what I use even more uh, than actually using um, Twitter. But um, you can reach me on Twitter. So before we kind of get started, uh, let's talk about what I understand, uh, what CICD is, because this is a very important topic as everyone has different understandings. For me, uh, CI means continuous integration. Uh, this means everything that you as a software engineering team do um, before you actually um, deploy your application or your piece of software out to the product, to, to a customer's environment. So it's all of the pieces that you need to bring the different bits, uh, bits and pieces of your application, of your software as a service, uh, or of your mobile application together and then to be successful over there. Um, this is something that the customer will never, never see, uh, but it is uh, your first guardrail on the way to production, which is why it is important to, to talk about this. Continuous uh, well, CD for me means continuous deployment. And I really made it clear in, on the slide that this is not continuous delivery, right? So what I really mean with that is anything, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in, in a few minutes, um, everything that you commit to your main branch will always be deployed directly. This does not mean that it is directly going into production and make, being made available to the customers, but it is going to be deployed. And it is going to be available in your production environment. And this is what I understand with continuous deployment. The size of your continuous um, integration and continuous deployment pipeline heavily depends on your organization. Um, so it's up to you and on your team and how you're going to build that. Before I move on, any questions so far? I don't think so, but uh, great pointing the city, city part, which always it's misconfused with continuous delivery. I have seen that many times. So great to point out that part, which is often uh, misconfused with yeah delivery. And I'm going to try to make that a little bit more uh, visual as well, right? So on the left-hand side, you can see Johannes or you can see uh, Dan uh, working on his PC, doing some stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's an Apple or a Windows machine. Uh, you will still have a notepad or maybe an um, uh, maybe um, an IntelliJ or an Eclipse that you're working on. You're going to uh, deliver your stuff on your local. You're going to test it out maybe locally if you can. And then you're going to commit that to um, a Git, uh, Git repository. Um, and what, what then happens after the commit should be an automated process. Everything that comes after the commit should be automated all the way until the right-hand part where we have the production environment. It would start with the continuous integration process. We already talked about that. Um, and it would then follow on to the continuous deployment uh, process. Here, the most important piece to keep in mind is that at the end of the continuous integration process, or maybe even in the middle of the continuous integration process, you're going to have an immutable artifact that is not going to be changed anymore afterwards. This means 
you build your artifact, your package once, and then you're going to deploy it. And this CD part that we have over here doesn't mean that we have only one environment. This can be a deployment process which goes from a development environment to a higher environment or even uh, multiple environments. Once again, depending on the organization and on the requirements that you work for. At the end, everything that you do should land on the production environment. This does not mean, as I mentioned, that everything directly goes active. It could also be feature flagged and not be visible to your customers um, directly, directly from the start. Now I'm going to try to add some more details. And for the next slide, keep in mind that we're talking about a mobile application. So any kind of application that you're building could be iOS, could be Android, could be multi-platform. In my example, it's a Flutter application. Flutter being a tool that you can uh, use to write code once and then automatically create the artifacts for um, an application that would be hosted on iOS or Android or Windows or Linux, right? So it's a cross-platform application development tool. For this kind of application, you need to have a certain CI-CD pipeline. And in, in an ideal world, everything that you have here would be automated from the left-hand side until the, the right-hand side. Once again, picture is kind of the same. It starts with the developer on the left-hand side, goes to the source code repository. Then you would have pre-built, um, uh, which could include uh, static code analysis, which is uh, SCA here, uh, SCA, uh, SAST here, right? So static code analysis. It could also include a software composition analysis, uh, analysis which is SCA here. Um, the idea meaning start some security scans already before you actually do the build. Um, then you would be doing the build, which is where the immutable artifact is being created. You would then uh, go to the dynamic security scan or maybe potentially other verifications. You would start your uh, test. You would deploy things out to a staging environment. And in case of a mobile application like uh, Flutter, uh, you would need to render that both for the iOS and for the App Store, uh, for the Play Store as well. You would then do um, maybe a manual approval or maybe an automated approval, which would then lead to deploying this out to production. And then once again, you would have the monitoring on the artifact that you just deployed. Everything that you have as part of this pipeline should be automated 100%. This slide prepares what we're going to talk about at the end, um, which is a possible implementation or guideline on how to make the starting point a little bit easier for you. Um, because it talks in this case about having AWS code pipeline as a tool to support your pipeline and having the different AWS services that existed at the time of reInvent 2023, uh, 2022, um, to fill the bits and pieces that you need for building out this pipeline. At the end of the session, we're going to see that today we have a, an a easier or simpler solution available on AWS that we can use for that. But before we go to talk about that solution, Let's keep in mind what this actually means from an application perspective. Being able to have a pipeline that is 100% automated from the code commit to the production environment requires you to have everything that is part of your application and as part of your software and as part of your software as a service, everything should be written in code. So both the infrastructure that you need to host your application as also the CI-CD pipeline, as also all of the configuration of the tooling around that, the shipping of your application, 
And also the monitoring pieces that come at the very end. Everything should be written in code. It should be stored in Git. There should not be a single manual step on your way to production. This is this is really, really important. And this leads to the question that we're actually going to talk about, um, or that we, I wanted to talk about today is, um, why should software development teams now start with CICD? That's really the question. So before kind of moving on, um, any questions for the introductory part around how we see and what CICD is? What I would like to ask uh, Johannes is, uh, we're talking. We're going to talk about uh, CICD for software development. What do you think about infrastructure management? So we're going to dip into software management, which is more they're more used to using a CICD pipeline. What, but what do you think about infrastructure deploying, for example, with Terraform, Ansible, whatever you name here, uh, just to, for example, expand uh, the capacity of something because you know your software will depend on that. So, yeah, and this is just. This is, this is just one step, right? So it's this deployment step over here. It well, essentially everything that we see up here should also include your infrastructure as code. So for me, a software today, if we build it cloud native or we build it for the cloud, right? The infrastructure as code that we require. This could be Terraform, could be CDK, could be Pulumi, could be Winglang, could be something else. It is part of the deliverable. It is part of the artifact. And with that, it needs to be included as part of the CICD pipeline. So the pipelines that I'm talking about includes infrastructure as code deployment, as well as the software packaging, right? Um, so for me, there is no difference anymore, um, at least in the way that I see it today. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, Cool. Um, thanks for that question. So um, why do I think that we should start with CICD? And um, I touched on parts of that already. I'm going to start with um, the first point. So for me, um, organizations today really want to become faster. This is because the world has become faster. We need to be able to quickly react um, on uh, changing demands, changing requirements, on changing features. Or maybe we also need to be able to quickly fix problems or defects um, that are arising. Um, just over the weekend, um, a bigger issue in um, with Pixel devices uh, came into the press. I don't know if you've been following that, Dan, but there was an there, there was a problem with the battery life of Pixel devices, which got reduced from like nine hours to two hours for all Pixel users worldwide. Uh, wow. That that is kind of a big thing, right? Maybe not everyone has a Pixel. Most people have an iPhone, right? But still, in this case, uh, this was a this was a defect, right? It was a problem that has mm -hmm. been implemented by the Google team. And just uh, today, they well yesterday evening they announced, well, yeah, it's a problem. It's a backend problem. We're going to fix it. And within a few minutes and hours, they were able to roll that change out globally. And this is what we that what organizations are aiming for, right? Um, Organizations like AWS, like Google, like Facebook, Meta, um, and like uh, IBM, right? They all they all try to be faster in, or, in, in order to be able to react faster. The CICD pipeline empowers you to actually do that. The CICD pipeline gives you the possibility to deliver fast and uh, quick things. Next thing is um, the quality of the code that you have for me is um, also part of the quality of the product that you're building at the end. And every single line of code counts. 
So the moment that you start building one single line of code, if you're not ensuring that this has a very high quality standard, you're also going you're directly going to start to build up technical debt. Because of that, I believe that the CACD, the CI part especially, like unit test coverage, integration test coverage, uh, coverage is very, very important to have this with the first five lines of code that you actually write for your project. Third point um, for me is that um, the more that we do in the public, the more software as a service that we build, the more important our reputation becomes as an organization. And reputation, once it is harmed, it is really hard to recover from that. And this, this means for me that any piece of code that I release to a production environment needs to be security scanned, it needs to be security vetted, and it also needs to be verified um, whether there is any known vulnerability in, in it. Because the moment that I lose some data or the moment that someone breaks into my system or is able to steal some of the stuff that I own for my customers, in that moment I lose reputation and I will most probably never regain that as a startup. A CICD pipeline that you built in the start that has all of that included will protect you from that happening because you will not be shipping unsecure code. And then, I don't know, Dan, we didn't, we didn't really talk about that. Do you work as a developer today? Or have you been working as a developer? I have worked in the past helping developers, uh, not being my developer myself, but, you know, uh, I have experience, you know, just making some comments, pushing to a branch, having that step of, okay, can you accept my pull request? And just seeing the changes, seeing the problem that maybe if I just, if they approve my code, would that be okay? So, you know, there are many things to take in consideration when you build a CCD pipeline, because yes, you can deploy it in a staging and it's fine, but you know, you can basically uh, crash your application. If even if someone is not attending of what it's approving uh, when you submit a pull request to, to a branch. So pretty important to yeah, have so uh, all the code, as you said, uh, high quality standard, following some guidelines, having probably microservices, not always needed, but they're helpful helpful. So so yeah. So so what do you think that what do you think that makes developers happy? So I, I'm gonna wanna hear your thoughts and then I'm gonna gonna give you my thoughts around it. I think they want a smooth transition. You know, I want to commit my code. Someone needs to prove it just to okay, yeah, you put this function correctly. Okay, this is what we talk about in this sprint, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we're going to push it to staging. I want to see some feedback somewhere, monitoring basically. I want to see, okay, all the monitoring is correct. Uh, it was accepted. It was deployed automatically and no manual ste steps involved because I was already working in my code. So I think having a smooth transition to an environment, doesn't matter which one, is what developers would like to aim, not having issues when deploying the things or testing. Yeah. Um, so my my thought here brings us into the same direction, um, but I'm going to start it with a little bit earlier in my career. So when I started as a software engineer working in a professional world, um, I really um, I started to cheer and I was happy when I was able to write code that actually compiled. That was already, I was really happy with that. A few, maybe months or years later, that changed because I was able to write code that compiles fluently and my IDE was helping me with that. Um, but now someone challenged me with unit tests. 
So I was happy when I was able to get the unit tests working green. Then, well, a few months later, someone told me, oh, well, we have those integration tests. So then I was happy when I was able to commit code, which did not fail the single integration test. Now, today, when I work on code, I'm happy if the code that I just wrote went to production within minutes. And when I can see the benefits of the code that I wrote coming through the pipeline and coming into the production environments and in an ideal world, the customer telling me or calling me, uh, yeah, well, you fixed that problem. I'm so happy, right? That's what really makes developers happy. And this is where I believe that a CICD pipeline will really enable developers here to feel that joy, right? Um, of getting direct and consistent feedback uh, very, very fast. And this mm -hmm. is why in fast pipeline is also very important. And this then also includes, and with that, I'm going to jump over to that, that uh, slide that I have prepared, um, 100% automation on every commit. We already talked about that um, a bit. Um, and um, I really think that this is important. The moment that you have a single manual step on the way to production, in that moment, it's not a CI-CD pipeline anymore. It's something like a CI and C small d pipeline, right? <laughs> but it's not a CD pipeline. So now with all of those prerequisites and all of the thoughts that we that we spent around CI and CD, um, I can feel that a lot of people uh, might have um, something like a fire in their head because it's so much work to do that, right? And this is where I th really think that we need to get started early without having any code. We need to already keep in mind, how do we actually want to do our CI CD strategy going forward, where we need to really think of uh, what are the, all of the pieces that we're going to need to be successful and happy at the end. For me, this um, includes uh, first, um, I already mentioned that it includes uh, the people and the culture and the mindset, um, because you don't only need to think about, yeah, the code that I commit can be in production in minutes. You also need to have some risk appetite. You need to have confidence in the tests and in the integration tests that you do. But that's all stuff that you need to work out with your team. Uh, that's stuff that you need to work out with your organization. Um, today, um, I wanted to spend some more time to talk about tools. Um, and uh, tools in this case means that there is millions of CICD tools around in the world. Um, you can do uh, use GitHub Actions. Uh, you can use Jenkins, uh, you can use Harness, you can use Humanic, uh, you can use Code Magic, um, you can use GitLab. Um, did I forget anything big? Argo City, Black City, I know there are too many. Yeah. Crossplane. Um, Crossplane I think well. the, the, the the list of CICD tools on the market is so big that no one can really understand um, what works, what doesn't work, uh, what you can use. And there's not a lot of best practices that help people to get started. Um, so yes, there might be blog posts on how do I deploy a single page application on um, uh, on GitLab? And how do I make sure that a TypeScript application uh, on GitHub Actions can be actually directly deployed? Yes, there's best practices. There might be guidelines. There might, might be blog posts. Um, but it's always hard. Uh, and this is where, uh, for me, uh, the new tool that has been announced that you mentioned that earlier um, already, Dan, is, uh, has been announced by AWS at the last reInvent, um, is changing the way that we look at that a little bit, right? Which is also why I've been talking a lot about that. Uh, so I don't know if you already have uh, have had a look on it. And uh, what I'm talking about is Code Catalyst. Um, Code Catalyst uh, being 
um, and DevTools integrated DevTools service. Um, or, same as GitHub, it has a free build, uh, free free build minutes and stuff like that. But in general, the way that AWS positions uh, Code Catalyst today is, and this is some slides that I that I got from a uh, from someone from AWS that he used at the uh, at the summit last last week uh, in Berlin that I attended. Right, um, they position Code Catalyst um, as an alternative to be able to. Uh, help software teams to deliver faster. Uh, this includes accelerating the project setup. We're going to look at that in more details, uh, making sure that teams can collaborate uh, a little bit better, uh, making sure that you can actually update and access development environments. So if you switch um, if you switch PCs, it makes it easier for you to actually access it. And, and then also having those automated CI/CD workflows, and that all comes built in within the tool. This is where this this um, uh, this uh, slide um, actually kind of make tries to make clear that if you remember the first the, the second slide that we had on that pipeline where we had code build and code pipeline and all of those different services, mm -hmm. Code Catalyst tries to be the umbrella for all of that on AWS. And yes, this might be a niche going forward, um, but the idea here really is that uh, Code Catalyst as an integrated DevOps service will enable and empower development teams to, to work in the same pace, in the same direction that AWS is doing that for their own services today. And I'm going to talk about that when we look into the tool itself, because we're talking about CICD, so we're really looking at the automated workflows that we need for our deployment. In this case, Code Catalyst comes with a YAML uh, notation um, as well, and with a visual editor. And I want to well, I want to take you there uh, and uh, try something with you, uh, right? And we're just gonna pick uh, in the tool uh, one of the existing they call that blueprints, right? Uh, and this blueprint will enable us to quickly do something and hopefully be able to showcase something as well on this call. So with that, I'm going to stop the slide. Uh, before we go um, into the into the tool itself, um, Dan, any any questions, any thoughts? Coinders, sorry, in CoCalis, which I have seen something, uh, but I haven't touched it. So looking forward to it. Yeah, that's why we're going to touch it now, and you're going to give me um, uh, some help here, uh, even if you don't know. So we didn't practice for this one. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm in Code Catalyst already. Um, as you can see, um, if you go to um, create a project, which is where we are already, uh, today we have three different options. We can start from scratch, which would be starting with an empty project. Okay, this is cool. I can do that everywhere. Uh, I can bring my own code. Uh, in this case, uh, I'm currently able to link to a GitHub repository. Uh -huh. This is this is also cool, right? This is quite powerful, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it, to be honest. It's just kind of I don't I don't want that, right? I've told the team multiple times already. I think uh, if we build a service, then we need to have an input mechanism and not a bring my own code, right? An input mechanism would mean now essentially what the blueprint does. The blueprint in this case means um, the AWS team has prepared some project scenarios and project setups that we can actually directly access and use within the tool. And that comes with some pieces of code, some software and stuff like that. And where you're going to help me today is then you're going to need to pick one of these. And then we're going to talk about one of these. So at the moment, there's 15 blueprints and 15 different scenarios um, of uh, what uh, AWS already has. Um, I'm going to exclude one 
um, because it takes very long to deploy. Uh, I'm going to can I can talk about that in a bit. It's the DevOps deployment pipeline. Um, this one replicates um, something. Well, this one replicates um, a best practice implementation by AWS, uh, which we can also add to the show notes uh, later. Uh, but this one talks about the deployment pipeline reference uh, architecture, and it's an it is an application pipeline, and it has a reference implementation in Code Catalyst, right? And that's the one. Uh, but as you can see, it has multiple stages, but it comes with a loaded opinion from AWS on how we should do that in a best practice world. And it has most of the stuff that I was just talking about already included. So the moment that you hit um, create over here in this project, we're going to get a bigger architecture, a bigger CICD pipeline. And I don't think that we want to do uh, that right now. So please pick something else and then I can talk to it. Mm, 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 mm. I think it's so something related to Node.js, so I think I will go with that. Node.js API with AWS Fargate. That sounds like a cool one, and it sounds like one that I never tried. So I'm really eager to look at this today <laughs> uh, with you, um, to be honest. Um, so I'm not that much Node.js guy, and I try to do serverless and no Fargate if possible. Um, mm -hmm. So really Lambda-based, GraphQL, these kind of stuff. So let's have a look on what the description here is. We're not going to bore ourselves with with looking too much, right? Uh, but as you can see, um, what we're going to build is an application architecture that is hosted on Fargate. It has a it has different service containers. It has load it has a load balancer and users accessing that. It has a description of the CI/CD pipeline. Um, and well, yes, this is not pretty pretty good yet, right? But this is what I expect from start your project with CI/CD. You at least start with something as good as you can, and then you add your stuff. Okay. We can get some descriptions around the projects that are being used, the setup of the of the source code repository and stuff like that. And this gives me a good hint to understand on how to get started. And then later on, I can modify on the one side my deployment workflow, but on the other side, I can obviously also modify the different pieces that I have as part of my project. So let's move ahead and let's click on next. And let's uh, call this the brown bag um, EMEA. And um, I've already prepared my setup uh, to include an AWS account and then and a role that we're going to use to do the deployment and the execution later, um, which is something that you need to well, set up once for your Code Catalyst account. Um, once you have done that, uh, you can check what other additional configuration you have um, over here. Um, we need to enter something because my account is protected, so I'm not allowed to deploy into US West. I can only deploy into US Central, so I need to switch the region, the deployment region. And what is going to happen if I click on the Create Project button is that in the background, AWS will now um, start bringing up the source code for me. It will prepare um, my my uh, sources, but it will also already directly start a deployment. And I hope that we, we, we are going to able to be able to see uh, that deployment as well. Before we go there, um, we get the code over here. So I'm not going to give a full-blown introduction into Code Catalyst. Um, if people are interested, I have some stuff on my YouTube channel um, that they can uh, have a look on or just reach out to me afterwards. Most important part, part here today really is looking at, yes, source code has been created. You can see this as a template. So if you want to do a Node.js service that runs on Fargate, you now have a template. 
obviously you need, well, need to read the code. Um, you will see that there is a hello world, there is an index, you have a Docker file, Docker compose file, where something will be packaged. Um, you can obviously read the 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 CICD pipeline as well to understand what really happens, but it gives you a starting point. So for someone like me that didn't do much Node yet, right? Um, I have a I have a and, and I never worked with Copilot yet. I now have something that I can look at, and you all know that looking at something and then modifying it is easier than doing all of the stuff from scratch, right? So that's where uh, the blueprints are a really a powerful thing for Code Catalyst in the way that I see it. Now, right? Yeah, sorry, Johan, Sorry for interrupting, but continue. That now we saw that we, the, there were only fifteen blueprints, but I think uh, if I correct, uh, Rimben was like two weeks, no, no, almost a month ago. So I think that oh, you know, yeah. once it's more mature, there will come more and more blueprints with other yeah. services and and so. So we so Code Catalyst started as a preview uh, in December in 2022 that was last year and it started with four blueprints um, now uh, just four, four weeks ago Code Catalyst went GA and with that we are now up to 15 blueprints and I really hope that the team is going to deliver more blueprints and actually better blueprints because the pipelines that we have implemented today are not really good, right? They don't follow all of the best practices that um, mm -hmm. we have been talking about in this call today. Still, it gives you a starting point. So if we now, um, and I also hope that that this will be opened up for me to build blueprints or for all of us to build blueprints, because then I can have one CICD blueprint that I can share with my organization and that everyone will need to follow that blueprint, right? Uh, and that's where Code Catalyst will play its strength not now, but in a few months, right, when the team is able to deliver some of the missing functionalities that we have. The workflow over here is pretty easy, kind of, right? Um, it uh, gets the source. Uh, you can then execute the build, uh, and you can then do the deploy. I'm not going to look at uh, at the details now um, because it's kind of too boring from a workflow perspective. But what I would like to show is uh, one key aspect that makes it powerful, right, um, that other competitors uh, do not really have. And you have the possibility to directly switch over from, from, from the YAML presentation. And here we can also see what actually happens as part of the steps uh -huh. uh, to, the, to the visual presentation, right? Uh, but the, the stuff that is really cool is that if you go to actions, uh, you are now able to um, go to GitHub actions over here uh, and you can use any existing GitHub actions. This means it fully integrates with um, all already available GitHub actions. So if you have existing workflows, you can directly reuse them, right? And this is where we started the conversation when we jumped into the project. If I have the possibility to link to GitHub, I want the tool to be able to import my existing pipelines already so I don't need to rebuild them, right? Yeah. So yes, yeah. it's early days for the tool, but this is really powerful already. Um, and now, um, without waiting for the details over here, I'm going to jump over to that workflow that we talked about a little bit earlier, that DPRA, Deployment Pipeline Reference Implementation, uh, Reference Architecture Workflow. This workflow, I think it is a little bit too much. Um, it doesn't really matter. We're going to look at it anyway. This is how AWS describes deployments um, and how they try to do deployments or replicate deployments. And I'm going to uh, also link you a very good article around how AWS does that from a CI/CD perspective. But as you can see, uh, this 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 one starts with um, once again workflow source. I'm going to scroll in a little bit. Um, 
getting the sources. It runs an SCA scan. It runs a CDK synth. It runs a packaging. Uh, it then deploys out uh, to a better environment. In my case, that failed. Uh, once uh, that is completed, it will do an integration test. Once that integration test is completed, it's going to deploy to two different regions over there. Once again, it's going to do deploy and test. Only if those are completed, it's going to do the production deployment. And when using this blueprint, you can configure that. You can say how many uh, roll waves you want to have, how many rollouts you want to do, right? And this is where the blueprints really do what I believe that we should all do, right? They provide you a CICD implementation before you actually start writing a single line of code. Mm -hmm. And that's that that really buys my my point my point of making sure that we enable developers, right, to have good pipelines and that we help software teams software as a service teams to build something that they can then actually reuse and share with others as well. Um, that's what I had prepared from a topics perspective. I can obviously go detailed into workflows or into best practice or into pipelines, um, right? But um, what really enlightened uh, me um, when using Code Catalyst, and as you can see, I'm using it a lot in different parts of the spaces and different things, is um, the blueprint that actually brings up a website, right? So it's the single page application blueprint, um, which is written by uh, AWS as well. And I'm going to jump over again to show you what that actually means, because if, if you want to build your own website and you want to build your own, as an example, you could build your own blog, right? We have a blueprint over here, right? Then that is called static website that gives you the possibility to build your blog in Hugo or in Jekyll, right? Which are two powerful tools to build your own blog based on Markdown. Mm -hmm. You click that, within five minutes, you have your blog deployed. The single page application over here uh, gives you the possibility to choose various different implementation tools, right? So if you're more on the Angular side, more on the React side, more on the Vue side, you can choose for either of those. You click on the create button over there. It's going to bring up the environment for you. You get a CloudFront URL, CloudFront being a content delivery network, which then means that your application is not only hosted in only one region, it's available globally right out of the box. And this is where Blueprints are really going to be very, very powerful, right? And my main point here really is that um, that we need more Blueprints that follow CI/CD and DevSecOps best practices in order to empower developers, uh, and um, I'm trying to make sure that that we, um, yeah, put some more uh, some more lights on that, right? So it would be really cool to hear the thoughts of the audience, right, on what are the minimal things uh, that they believe that we should be having as part of a CI/CD pipeline. Um, I have my own proposal for that, um, and once again, I'm going to uh, put a link here. <laughs> Uh, we can once again add that data to YouTube. I have an open source project uh, in uh, GitHub, um, which is called CICD on AWS Example Projects. Uh, this one actually has a proposal for a generic CICD pipeline, right? Which would have all of those steps. Now it's up to you and your and your team at TN to cover different pieces depending on your software stack and stuff like that. In this example project, my aim is to replicate this pipeline in as many CI/CD tools as possible, um, so 
uh, I can choose today I want to do GitHub, tomorrow I can do uh, GitLab, uh, and the day after I can do Jenkins, and I can just reuse that and repurpose that pipeline. Yeah. That's the idea of this open source project, uh, where I am in inviting people to contribute uh, and to work with me on making this a successful open source project. And with that, if I'm correct, we are kind of ending also the time. Um, so I would um, then move over to my thank you slide. Uh, which uh, actually I already said all, everything that I have on it, right? Um, so connect to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a blog that I run. Um, I also have a YouTube channel that I actively work on. And I have this awesome logo uh, that I try to place everywhere, right? So I really hope that you all remember that. And uh, if you have any anything that you want to ask me, please feel free. Go ahead. Uh, you know where to reach me. And that's it from my side. <laughs> Okay, I think it was uh, useful. Uh, although, you know, CCD pipelines for me are, can be quite complex, to be honest. You know, they are quite complex and, you know, just abstracting that thing, which, I mean, AWS, you doing a nice job just to bring more abstraction, although you should know what are you deploying, you know? I, I'm not able to, okay, one well, just a simple application. Maybe I don't need a cloud front. But yeah, that's up to your team, as you say, and just having the culture say, okay, we have a blueprint. Let's just tune in and let's get to the details. Okay, my unit test. Uh, do I trust them to before just committing my code? And so so uh, just having at least the first blueprints, uh, for me, it sounds really well. Uh, great move, I think, for, for Amazon and AWS. Um, as you said, if you are able later to share your blueprints within your organization, I think that would be quite powerful because you know you're able to be able to reuse it basically. Which is, I think, okay, I have it in GitHub, as you said, for example. Uh, I have all my actions, which probably can be like twenty or thirty YAML files per environment. It doesn't matter which one. Uh, okay, I want to use it now in GitLab. Maybe I want to use it in AWS. So, yeah, the things that make it uh, make it uh, quite powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think that there's a lot of stuff that that we might be getting for the tool itself, right? But that's that's not what I want the audience to remember. The audience should really remember that one thing. Start your project with JCD before you actually write code, before you talk to your product manager about the coolest feature that he wants to get or your product owner. Make sure that you have a pattern in place that enables you to securely and safely um bring your application code to something like a production environment. This is really my ask to all of you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, what I have, for example, in my job, uh, I have customers which deploy legacy applications, you know, .NET, Windows, nothing else, nothing containerized, and they want to move into the containerized world. I'm like, okay, how are you going to commit your code? Oh yeah, I'm going to put it in some repository and I'm just going to deliver it on my like, Okay. You have plenty of stuff to think before just committing the code. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even talking about having a pipeline. I'm just talking about okay. Do you have already unit tests? Do you have an environment which is not a production one? And those kind of things, which yeah, they are important. Okay. Uh, well, thank Johannes, you so much. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Johannes, for sharing all this information. Uh, we will put all the links uh, that you shared. You will share with me. Then we'll put in the video link for uh, within YouTube. Thank you for attending the session. Uh, hope that you have learned something. Uh, we'll put all the links that uh, Johannes have shared, and then you can check his project in GitHub, obviously. 
and we will have this YouTube video uh, within this week and, you know, rebrand back the YouTube channel. Thank you all for attending. Bye-bye. Um, Bye-bye.